has me out of sorts this morning is I'm, I'm using a different Bible than I normally do. Um, I'm using this one this morning. I don't know if you can see it or not, but it's one of those red letter versions. And it has a lot of red letters in it on the page that we're supposed to be reading. You know, of course, that the red letter version of the Bible is the one where all of Jesus's words are in red letters. And so in the midst of our our sermon today, well, well, the sermon today comes from a parable in the midst of a long set of teachings from Jesus. In Luke chapter 12 and, and in the chapters before and then after, Jesus is just kind of teaching Lesson after lesson, parable after parable, story after story. And so this morning we hear just this one little uh, snippet amidst many other teachings. This one this morning is definitely going to require us to listen with open hearts because Jesus comments on stuff. In some ways he comments on wealth, but... But while many of us wouldn't consider ourselves wealthy, uh, most of us would consider ourselves as people who have probably too much stuff. And so this parable kind of comes right at us. Jesus teaching right at us. And Jesus asking us to listen with open hearts. Listen and believing, listen and and, and listen to God, believing that the preacher who offers a sermon to you is probably also preaching that same sermon to himself and recognizing that the word of God is for all of us, not just for you, not just for me, but for all of us in all times and in all ways. And there is some way in which we can grow by listening carefully. And so we read what is titled the parable of the rich fool from the gospel of Luke chapter 12. Verses 13 through 21. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who appointed me a judge or arbitrator over you? Then he said, Listen to them. Be aware, be on your guard against every form of greed. For not even one who has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. Then he told them this parable. The land of a rich man was very productive and he began reasoning to himself saying, What should I do since I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, This is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your soul is required of you, and now who will own what you have prepared? So is the man who stores up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This parable makes me think of putting up crops for the winter. And it's something I don't really know anything about. 
Oh, I've, I've heard talk about the warehouses in Oxford that used to store tobacco for a year, maybe two, to hedge against a, a bad crop in seasons to come. I understand, theoretically, that you can take stuff from the garden in the backyard and, and put it in cans and jars and save it for years to come. I've even eaten some of that food, but don't know how to do it myself. But I don't know that Luke 12 is just talking about that. And I don't think that Luke 12 is just talking about bumper crops and barns. Do you? Luke probably could not have imagined a Roth IRA, a 401k, a stock stock option, a real estate investment. But Luke understands having enough and, and more than enough. And in our time, since wealth is not measured in barns, but by financial institutions, well, you have to do some translating for yourselves. But the translation shouldn't be too hard. And, and I think that that means we struggle with the passage. We, we struggle with a lot of what Jesus teaches us because Jesus is always like pushing us and pulling us in directions where we might not naturally want to go. But Jesus is blunt and, and God is telling us, reminding us, assuring us, or warning us that a good sales year or a bumper crop is going to tempt us to want to hold on to all of those blessings for ourselves. And the warning is that when we do that, it's too easy to cut ourselves and our neighbors off from God's grace. And so we we can't do that. We must be aware that abundance is a gift from God that must be used to bless others and not just enrich ourselves. Because when we build bigger barns, or we hold on to anything too tightly. We may cut off our neighbor. And we intention, unintentionally also cut ourselves off from God. And what I find so interesting about this parable is that it, it doesn't seem new. It doesn't seem different. It seems like here we go again. But this parable, the rich fool, the rich barn building fool, is unique to Luke. Luke 12, 13 through 21, only appear in Luke 12, 13 through 21. There's not a parable like this in Matthew or in Mark or in John, as often is the case. A parable is told and retold by the different gospel artists. Uh, authors. This one is just right here. Yet it must just be in Jesus' wheelhouse so familiarly that it sounds like everything else he said. But again, it's another warning. It's, it's another warning that reveals to us that among the countless things that can keep us from experiencing God... Being generous 
or being not generous with God. Hoarding abundance is one of those things that keeps us from God. Right after this passage is the passage, Do not worry. Do not worry what you will eat or drink. Consider the lilies of the fields and the birds of the air. They don't toil or spin. And God takes care of them and gives them abundant beauty. That's here in Luke 12. It's also in Matthew chapter 5. But those familiar words of not worrying, those familiar words of of promise that Jesus will take care of us, rest in God's ability to find abundance among what we might see as scarcity. Taking those words to heart is not dependent on us having bigger barns full of more stuff so that we don't have anything to worry about. And so this parable, this unique parable, is is one of those that makes me want to read it alongside of other stories from Scripture. Because even those other stories help bring more light to it and more ways in which we can hold on too tightly to things instead of allowing the blessing and abundance of God to be used in lots of different ways. Do you remember the parable of the talents? Matthew has it and then Luke has a version of it in Luke chapter 19. In the parable of the talents, a a rich landowner gives his servants a talent, a money, some money, and then goes away. And when the landowner comes back, the, the first one, the first slave, the first servant, used the talent and multiplied it tenfold. And that, that servant is praised. The second servant took the talent and, and used it and, and, and made it grow fivefold. And that servant who used the talent is praised. And the third servant took the talent and hid it and stored it and didn't let go of it. And in both cases, in Matthew and in Luke, the person who didn't use their talent wisely was rebuked and sent away. The parable of the talents held next to the rich barn-building fool makes me think, in in terms of the gospel, when we are given a gift, when we experience a bumper crop, when we find talents or receive great blessing, it's not our job to bury it in the ground, to hide it under a bushel, or to store it and put it up in the barn so that our souls can just rest. The blessings of God are meant for use, for furtherance of his kingdom in the world. For furtherance to help happen on earth as it is in heaven. And the fool in this parable today doesn't get that. He misses it. And and in missing that God had blessed him so that he might share that blessing with others. He withholds his gifts. He puts hay up in the barn that's only going to rot. He puts hay up in the barn he's never, ever going to need. 
There's another passage that comes to mind today. It's an odd story from Acts chapter 5. It's the story of Ananias and Sapphira. You probably remember them. Ananias and Sapphira were part of the early church. They had some land. They sold it. And they brought the proceeds to the leaders of the church, which is what everybody was doing in that day and in that time. They sold a piece of land. They gave the money to the church. And the the problem was they said they gave everything they made. But they didn't. They held some back for themselves. Ananias does this first and he's struck dead. His wife Sapphira comes in later and says, yeah, that's how much we sold it for. You, You had all of it. And in their lying to God... They see that lying to God leads to death. They see it firsthand. We are to learn from that. And it's an interesting and an important warning that, that this parable is a different riff on that kind of a story. Because they're both warnings about abundance. Ananias and Sapphira illustrate how Abundance and trying to hold on to abundance too tightly kills our souls. It literally killed them. This man doesn't have it going for him. But for us, it will kill our souls. I think of them because they both took action. Both the, the rich barn building fool and Ananias and Sapphira took actions predicated on the belief that abundance and blessing, even amidst all the abundance and blessing they had, they still weren't sure that there was going to be enough. So they limited their generosity, saved it for later, and there was no later, it turned out. And when we only focus on later... We are like the barn-building fool of a man who is ill-equipped to deal with God's blessings because God's blessings, yes, we need to save for a rainy day, but we don't need to always save everything for a rainy day, especially not at the expense of those around us who might be in need. And it's all too easy for us to fall into the, to a trap that thinks that blessings and crops and, and money and stuff are a way to survive life. But, a, but the parable shows us that to, to be too generous with ourselves and to be not generous enough with God merely quickens our death. So, so what? <laughs> Remember in a personnel committee meeting one time, the, one of the members asked me, it's okay to step on our toes a little bit. And so maybe I have. Although, as someone who's dealt with this passage for many days, not just, you know, 15 minutes, it's been stepping on my toes for a while too. So what? What's clear from the broader context of the passage is that the more stuff we have in our barns, the better chance we have of of missing something, 
of hastening our death because we don't see how we are called to be generous. I think we all culturally know that there are some folks who chase wealth so much that even when they have so much, they're still not happy. I remember listening to a VeggieTales video over and over and over again while I was working in a Christian bookstore. And one of the VeggieTales had lusted after a rubber ducky that some other person had owned. He got the rubber ducky. He exclaimed, now, now, now I'm happy, only to turn to the next scene and to not be happy. Jesus is pointing us to this. The man with the big crop doesn't reinvest his gifts or his talents. He hides them away. He doesn't hear how in his soul we've been given so much to share and to to care, to provide for others who need it sometimes. He only takes blessings for himself. For his own enrichment. And they make him feel like he doesn't have to worry because he has all he needs. And all the while forgets that God's promise to us that we should not worry is not predicated upon anyone having a full barn. The lilies of the fields and the birds of the air do not have full barns. But our call, our assurance that we don't have to worry comes because God is faithful. And God's care for you and for me far exceeds the beauty of the lilies of the fields and the birds of the air. And so our ability to not worry and God's promise that we will have life that is blessed and fulfilled has nothing to do with what we can acquire in store and everything to do with the work of God in us, among us, and through us. And so, in response, we are to be gracious to God and to others because that's what leads to life and hope and that's what keeps us from killing our own souls. So we've got to ask ourselves, what, what am I storing? What are you storing? Are we storing things that will go bad before they ever can be used? And if we are, we mustn't. Are we storing things that we think will bring us comfort, but most definitely is not? Are we storing things that are drawing us closer to God? Or are we storing things that are blocking us from experiencing God and God at work in us and through us and around us? Those are some of the questions we ask ourselves today. Those are some of the things we must consider And today we have time to consider them. The choir is going to lead us in an anthem. And then we're going to share in the Lord's Supper. A supper in which Jesus reveals abundance. A supper in which Jesus, who promises to love us and keep us and give us what we need, keeps it simple. And assures us that through the simplicity of bread and cup, we have what we need. And we don't want our stuff to get in the way of God reaching out and giving to us. 
in even just the simplest of ways. Because when we do, when we do let our stuff get in the way, we are as foolish as the man with the big barn.